0: You're listening to the Anger Faith Church message podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. I want to let you know that um, we are uh, continuing this series or this um, context of love. You know, not everything in the Bible is as large in its um, uh, information or context. What do I mean by that? Um, You know, we wrote a book years ago called um, The Forest and um, where we released the kingdom of God. In fact, we're about to have we're going to put in print a a second edition of that particular book. Uh, We've gone back through it, you know, modified a few things, said a few things. And so it would be a reprint, but it'd be a second version of that particular book. And um, we've said that too often many people are, um, they miss the forest for the trees, meaning there's a truth within God's word, and it is a truth, uh, but they love that one truth so much they miss the rest of the trees that are located in the forest. So what I mean by that is that you could, you know, go and be around a healing tree in the forest and always stay in a context of healing, uh, but miss things like forgiveness. Uh, miss things like, and again, sometimes healing will be hindered if you don't operate in forgiveness. When I say sometimes, I mean it will. Um, it, it, you can be healed and have unforgiveness because of the gift of the Spirit in operation concerning God's, you know, showing his goodness to you. Uh, but you won't maintain that healing unless you deal with unforgiveness in your heart. Now, if you don't go over to that subject, as we call it, uh, then you're not learning about that subject. Okay, so there's a lot of trees in the kingdom. The whole forest is the kingdom of God because healing's in the kingdom, forgiveness is in the kingdom, deliverance is in the kingdom, prosperity's in the kingdom, okay? Well, there's another um, aspect of God's word that's very large, okay, that all the trees grow out of, and that's God's love. So when we talk about the kingdom, you can't separate the king because kingdom just simply means king's dominion, and God is king. All right. He's the ruler of all. He's supreme in authority. He has all dominion. Amen. But you, you can't separate his kingdom from his nature because the nature of God is reflected in his kingdom. See, we have a big fallacy in the United States and it's huge. And we've even adopted it in the church. And that is a separation of church and state you understand the nature of man cannot be taken out of government period so if you're not following God your policies will reflect your nature if you're following God your policies should if it does not then you're yielding to a different nature okay and God doesn't look at his government separate, separate from his nature. So, you know, when I uh, sought some pillars in the faith concerning the kingdom of God, I had one say, well, you know, when you preach the kingdom too, actually, says you definitely want to be able to minister on God's love because the minute you deal with the kingdom in and of itself, um, people can receive it or perceive it as being legalistic. Uh, Though there are legalities in the kingdom, and you better be sure you want legalities in the kingdom. You do. Because, again, if you do not have a righteous judge who will make sure the law of his kingdom does not come to pass, then I'm telling you right now, people can do anything they want to and get away with it. But you can't get away with things in the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because love will not allow it. That's right. law, love enforces the law of the kingdom. Hallelujah. 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 And so, um, you know, love is one of these um, uh, inexhaustive uh, opportunities that we have because it's so large, it, it encompasses all these other subjects within the word of God is what I'm saying. With that being said, it, it seemed right with me and the Holy Ghost that we continue along these lines on Wednesday. So Monday, uh, I believe it's Monday or Tuesday, they will release Wednesday's message online on a video. We are actually filming our Wednesday night services as long as I'm in this particular God's love, okay? So you'll be receiving two if you are a subscriber to us on YouTube. And so that also lets me know that I encourage you to be here on Wednesday night because I will not review Wednesday night stuff on Sunday, So there will be an element of God's love that you will not have heard by the time you come to the next service. You understand what I'm saying? So again, if you weren't here Wednesday, you don't know what we said. Good news is I actually did a review so that, you know, you wouldn't be entirely behind for today's service. It gives me this service to communicate, be here on Wednesdays, okay? Um, But if you were here on Wednesday night, you know, our review added new stuff. So it's not like it's just saying the same things for the last three Sundays. We actually incorporated some new things even within the review itself, all right? Because God's Word is, uh, there's so much truth to it. Amen, it's alive to us. Amen? Okay, with that being said, let's jump right into this morning. It says this, wow, Matthew fifteen thirteen. I just, uh, three, I just saw what time it was, and I thought, geez, that's not enough time. Uh, Matthew fifteen three says this, and he answered and said to them, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? You mind if I teach a little bit today? Um, probably not going to run around a whole lot, okay? Uh, I'm going to kind of step into the office of the teacher this morning, all right? And so uh, please don't check out because I'm not, you know, um, right, got veins kicking. I, man, I, I'm not saying I won't. I'm going to, you know, try to teach this morning, and I believe I need to teach this morning, uh, because what I'm talking about today is, is really important. And he answered and said to them, not that it's not all important, I'm just, there's a lot of confusion here, and I'm not even in the toughest spot yet. Um, and he answered and said to them, um, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? All right? Uh, we have developed traditions, uh, even in the church, because what we've done is we've tried to fit uh, our life experiences, and try to have God adjust to them. We try to t- take God's word and um, get, you know, basically gain understanding on why this happened in my life. And a lot of times, we can create a tradition out of that. Sometimes, we can actually hear from God um, and God really speak to us, and then because of the lack of seeking Him, we only look to see Him the way we first experienced Him. And as a result of that, that in and of itself becomes a tradition. I mean, I can give you multiple examples in the Old Testament of this taking place. You know, um, when uh, uh, Gideon delivered everybody, um, you know, as a judge. Uh, From the Midianites, well, eventually, you know, they begin to worship his ephod, his little whatever he had on, right? Um, Same thing. Um, Moses' staff that had the snake on it, uh, it became an object of worship at some point that one king cut it up, got rid of it, okay? Um, He got rid of something um, what we would consider uh, historical archaeology, you know, we love in our world to hold on to archaeological past. Some of these things we should tear down, grind up, and get rid of. Because it's a distraction to God. I don't care how beautiful it's made. It's ungodly. And here's a thing that was an object that actually God told them to make and healing manifested as a result of it, but then they began to worship the object instead of the word spoken instead. And we're going to see these are key things that take place. A lot of times we want to, I mean, this is why people come in and want to have a worship experience. When I say worship, sing, you know, because they experienced God at some point, um, you know, but they missed, it wasn't the singing. That's not, what, what's, what God says is what's the most important thing. You know, whether he speaks it in a song, whether he speaks it through uh, the gifts of the Spirit, whether he speaks it through, you know, a manifestation of his healing, whether he speaks it through whatever, you know, some complete stranger coming up to you, right? Uh, All these particular things, you know, people get stuck on what the object was that brought the word instead of the word itself. And this is where the failure comes into play. And so we can develop these traditions along these lines. So we want to be able to, you know, stay with the command of God, Amen. right? He said, why do you forsake the command of God? Why do you keep forsaking what I'm saying? Because right. you love what I may have said through something more than what I'm saying. Right. That's good. Right. Y'all get that? Yes. All right. Um, so today we're going to talk about love works. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, love works. Love works. You know, love works. It works. It works. Okay, now when I say love works, you know, I think most of you uh, receive that statement as love gets it done, right? I mean, love doesn't fail, right? Love never fails. Love works, right? The love of God works. Yeah, but I mean it more like love is working, like it's on the job. <laughs> love is not some passive sit down, you know, feeling that flows through a service. Love is employed. Yeah. Uh, love is deployed. Yeah. Uh, love is doing things right. to manifest things. Yeah, yes. And love doesn't manifest unless it's working. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we see here in Galatians, why is this important for us to understand God's love? Because your whole life on planet Earth and for eternity depends on it. Right. But more in this dispensation. Yeah. I mean, because we're in it. It's the one we're in, okay? Galatians 5, uh, 6 says this, for uh, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uh, uncircumcision means anything, but faith, what? Working, working through love. Now you say, oh, Pastor Earl, faith's working, not love's working. Okay, let's keep reading. In an amplified classic translation, says it this way. If, for, if we um, are... In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working. Again, how? Through love. Now, let's look at the Young's literal translation, all right? Because I like this one because this one really puts it in a great context. Look at this. For in Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith through love. Now, that's how it works faith, how? Through love. And what are they doing? They're working. Jesus said, don't you know I'm about my fathers? I'm working. I'm working. Now, the problem is I'm using a word that has become an absolute heresy word in the church. And that's because they fail to truly read the Bible. When you fail to read the Bible cover to cover and desire to understand it, then you will allow others to dupe you into laziness. And because of that, you will end up finding yourself not arriving to God's greatest expression of himself because you're waiting for him to do everything while you do nothing. All right? Again, you had to do Something in order to be born again in the first place. Now, what did you do? You did not get your life together. You did not clean yourself up. You did not circumcise yourself. What you did is you heard God say, believe, that Jesus Christ came, that he died on the cross for your sin. Repent of your wickedness. I'm going to call it that because again we say sin and people don't recognize it's wickedness. Right. Repent of your wicked sin. Yes. Right? And call Jesus Christ your Lord. Ask receive the forgiveness he has done for you. Now I said this on Wednesday night. It's very important that we uh, mention this one more time. Okay? Has, and I'm again, when I make these statements, I am they're loaded. So don't be quick. Listen, say, La, think on these things. Has God forgiven every sin? Chew on that for a moment. Okay? Because that statement is not true. Now, that hooks, that messes with us a little bit and am I being semantic very much so because we have taken thoughts and we run them in a course that is not in connection with the love of God has God forgiven all sin this is where you're going in your mind I already know you're wait, wait a minute now it says that he poured out his blood once and for all for all sin that's true His blood has been made available so that all sin can be forgiven. If he has already forgiven all sin and sin no longer is there, then there's no way there can be a great white throne judgment. So, blood is on the mercy seat in heaven. And it has power to forgive any and every sin ever committed. But until you call on Jesus Lord, it does not come off the mercy seat and laid to your account so that your name can be written in another book. Because at the great white throne judgment, they'll pull out a book called the Lamb's Book of Life and they'll find people's names not in it. So they'll close that book. Then they'll open up some other books. And what are in these books? It is all the sins, the treason, the rebellion of all those individuals that he will be able to justify and justly cause them to be cast into the lake of fire. Although the blood on the mercy seat was enough to forgive them of all that transgression. So, when someone says Jesus Christ has forgiven everybody of all their sin, Jesus Christ's blood has made atonement and has the power to forgive all sin and has done it once and for all, but it does not come to you until. Until. And this one statement can mess up a lot of people. Hallelujah. So, faith through love working. Because love has died and risen. But faith through love working causes the salvation of man to take place. Are you with me? Okay. So, if we're going to talk about faith through love working, then let's deal with works, period. Can we do that for a moment? Let's deal with works in general. So Romans chapter 3, verse 21, Romans chapter 3, verse 21, y'all all right? Yes. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, ha- I'm, I'm seeing Peter's out there uh, in the spirit, you know, you got locked up on me, you're locking up on me, don't lock up, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to die. Peter's like emotionally involved and he's locked up and he won't listen to nothing else and Jesus like, right after that, but I'm going to be raised from the dead, they're going to kill me and Peter stops and says, it ain't going to happen, I won't let it happen and he missed it, Amen. So, you know, stay. Let's stay with the word. Let's study it out for ourselves. Amen? Okay. Romans 3, 21 to 31 says this. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Being witnessed by the law and... The prophets. Most people miss this whole thing about the law because, again, the Old Testament is not a null and void thought process because there's more to the Old Testament than just the law of Moses. There's the law and the prophets. So there were things that were said outside of Moses writing things for a nation that God desired people to obey. Okay? All right says, even the righteousness of God, what? Through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So sin hinders the the manifest weight of God's presence. Because God resides in his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Okay, so you can't separate God from his word because God is his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you obey his word, then God's there. If you are sinning, meaning you're not obeying God's word, then glory, you're falling short of God's presence being there. With you, all right? Verse 24, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a perpetuation in his blood through faith. Now, catch that. Through his, uh, as a perpetuation in his blood, how? Through faith. Again, Jesus is only shedding blood because dad says to. We've already clearly communicated this in previous times together, that the highest uh, form of experiencing God's love is obedience. And Jesus says, I don't do anything on my own initiative, but only what I hear I do. And he talks with his father in a garden, said that if there's any other way for this cup to uh, pass, if this cup can pass, if there's any other way, let it pass. But not my will, your will being done. So again, it's not the cross that's the most important thing. It is the obedience to go there. That is the most important thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if there was another form of execution in the time that Jesus was on the earth, then he would have used that one. Again, the, many have died on a cross, But Jesus went willingly in obedience, not just obediently going. He willfully obediently went. Okay, there's a difference there. All right. So, again, this blood that he's a perpetuation that he displayed publicly was, Dad told me to go here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This was to to demonstrate his Righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. So this demonstration, Jesus demonstrated the highest love of the father because he was always in obedience to God, the father. All right. Okay, so 25 um, goes on to say this in 26. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, as Jesus believed God, we can believe Jesus. Okay, verse 27. Where then is boasting? Is it excluded? But what kind of law of works? No, but by a what's that word? Law. What is it? Law. What is it? Law. By a law of faith, faith, faith. so faith is a law. That's right. So again, traditionally, what do we say? The law's been done away with. There is a lot of laws from the kingdom still in play today. So the minute you pick up this thought, thought, I'm not under the law. Well, you better be under the law of faith. You better be under the law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus. So please don't hold to these uh, falsehoods that people are putting out there that that puts you in a position where it hinders you from experiencing God's greatest love because you feel like you're incapable of living by faith. Faith has a law associated with it, which means God is legally obligated. Legally obligated to cause his word to come to pass. But his word does not come to pass outside of his love. This is very important because this is where we miss this law done away with Uh, idea, we miss this. Look at verse 28. For we maintain that a man is justified, how? By faith apart from the works of the law. So what is he literally saying here? There was a time that man heard God's word, but he did not do God's word because God was saying it. He was doing God's word based upon how he wanted to do it. If you hear something about God and say, well, I'm going to do that because I'm just going to do it. Now, I'll give you a case in point. Some people have said, you know what? The Lord spoke to me and told me to give, uh, you know, my car to someone. And that's a true statement. Then, because they obeyed God, gave their car at a different time frame because they sowed that seed in obedience to what God told them to do Someone gave them another vehicle. That was better than the one they sowed. So then they testify. Here's their testimony. You know what? God spoke to me and told me to give away this car. And I sowed that seed. And then God called someone to give me this vehicle. And it was better. And everybody hears it and gets excited. And then what do they do? I'm going to go get my car away. Now, did God tell you? That's the problem. See, you're working a law now that is still in play, but not because God said. So it's not by faith, because unless God tells you to give the car away, even though he could do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if we don't watch out, what we'll do is we'll go into the word. There's all these principles, but we're never actually seeking The voice who speaks it, we are determining how to apply it ourselves. And the minute you do that, you're working a law. You're working a law. And that's why when he laid out the law of Moses, the law of Moses was not ungodly. It came from the Father. What he was letting them, them know in the Old Covenant is that your spirit man is not alive to be able to want to hear this voice and follow it. But I'm going to bring a new and better covenant. The new and better covenant doesn't eliminate a law in its entirety. What it does is it strengthens an ability in you to be able to hear God himself for yourself to do what he says by faith because you love him and he loves you. And when you act on it, work that because you love God. How would I not do what you said, Dad? Then you'll have those things. Very important. So he goes on and says this in verse 28. For we, again, have maintained that man is justified um, by faith apart from the works of law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since indeed God, who will justify the circumcised by faith, because again, if there was a by faith with his own nation, they are going to live righteous, if they are doing it by faith. Abraham is the father of faith, the father of us all. What did he do? He believed God at his word and acted on it. That's why he was made righteous. And that's before a law come down from Moses ever showed up. Okay, so again, we do not say I'm going to determine how to do this and God is going to have to accept me because if I do his word, like how can he argue with me about doing it? He can always argue if you're doing it for yourself on your own terms. This is the whole context of the rich young ruler. Great teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, keep the commandments. He said, I've done that since my youth. He said, yeah, but there's one thing you lack. In essence, you're wealthy and you're choosing how to do the word. You're not actually following the one who wrote it. Because if you were, I'm going to put the test to you right now. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and come, follow me. Now, was that law? The king required him to attend this discipleship. This is the 13th disciple. I said it's the 13th disciple. It is the call he gave to Peter, Andrew, and John. He said, come follow me. And what did they do? They left. He said, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Now, if he would have, by faith, obeyed that word, we probably would have heard. There might even be a book that has his name on it. He may have touched nations. But what did he do and said? No, I'm going to do what Adam did, the first Adam, when he fell. I'm going to make a demand that God has to accept me the way I am choosing him to accept me, and I'm going to use his own word against him. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. See, the Pharisees had the biggest challenge with Jesus, not because they didn't know the word, but because they turned the word to benefit themselves only. Yeah. Amen. They were working the Word themselves yeah. instead of obeying the Word and working it. That's right. It's a difference. Right. It's a difference. That's why your heart's involved. That's why your heart's involved. Amen? Okay. Um, let's go on. He says this, he says, um, since indeed God who uh, will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one, do we nullify the law through faith? Y'all look at it now, I'm not saying this. And these are the scriptures that people stay away from, that preach that the law is done away with, that we're under a grace and we don't have to do nothing. We are under a grace that empowers us to hear God and do God's word. That's what we're under. And it's awesome. And I don't understand why this is such a big hang-up, to be honest with you. Because, you know, I'm so excited that I can actually hear God. I mean, we have a living God we get to hear. I mean, how exciting is this that you're like, God just spoke to me? I mean, that is so awesome. I'm like, wow. God just talked to me. He just asked me to participate. It is so amazing. Right. The only time there's odds is if I want to hold to myself. Yeah, right. It's the only time there's an odd. But I feel like I don't want to forgive. Come on, right? And God speaks to us. Yeah. And gives us his word in a particular situation or moment. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, because you can do a checklist right. and get it right, right. But never hear God. So, do we then nullify the law through faith? What's the next four words? Say it. it Say it. it Everybody, say it. May it never be. May it never be. Now, am I putting you in the old covenant? No. I'm bringing you into a new and better covenant. Because what? Listen. Less would have died in the wilderness if their spirit man had been changed if they would have went through the Red Sea and they'd have became a new creature in Christ. Yeah, that's right. They wouldn't have debated with God as much. Right, right. Now, I say that, but why are we in this new and better covenant still debating with God? Oh, that's good. good question. Good question, right? Yeah. <laughs> May it never be. On the contrary, we establish. So what is he saying? Faith establishes that whatever the king says There's power. Faith has established that the king has spoken, has decreed, and we believe, and therefore we receive because we're in obedience to that word. It's not what I'm doing. It's what he says I should do, and I willfully and obediently do that expression, and I get the results of what that is. Even when I can't see it, I know his word can't fail. And that if I step out and do what he says, I'll have what he says. And I do it because I love him. I keep his command. Because again, what we've done is we've relegated everything God's ever said here in the word. Now, The word of God, the printed pages, is what allows us to discern what we hear in our spirit. Because you know, God is not the only spirit out there. There are other spirits that 1 John, which is a good chapter, a whole book on God's love, says test the spirits, that there is a spirit of error out there. So the reason why he leaves a hard copy of context of his nature, his ability, his way of doing it so that when he speaks to you about a very specific situation you're in and leads you on how to do it, you'll be able to go back and do a case study of others that have been tempted in that account, went through that particular account, maybe experienced something of a like similar and how God delivered them out of all their trouble. Hallelujah. So, again, we relegated, well, we got to do this, do this. We are to do the word. But you understand, there are certain aspects of taking territory today that aren't actually in these pages, but there's principles that I applied that I know. That wasn't, that was not a spirit of air telling me that. That's the Holy Ghost. Well, I heard the Lord say that so-and-so was going to be my spouse, and they're not even born again. Well, the Holy Ghost didn't say that, because he says do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So two things are going to happen. Then either one, you missed it. It's the spirit of error trying to get you off. Or number two, you're going to have to wait around until they actually get born again, and they just let you know that they're going to come into the kingdom. But you don't get tied to them with an I do until they manifest what you heard. Yeah. But what do we do? A lot of times we get ahead of the game a lot of times. Or we've missed it entirely. And then we apply. But God loves people and he accepts people. You know, and I believe that they're going to make it. And love believes the best. So then here you are working the word without the voice of the Holy Ghost. Now you're being under a law that's not even God, although he said it, but you're doing it for your own personal self-gain. Now who's really being legalistic? No, the freedom comes. What did the king say? What did he say today? This is why we have to seek him. This is why we have to seek him. This is why we have to seek him every day. Seek him. Talk to him. Spend time with him. Pray in the Holy Ghost a lot. Yeah, pray in the Holy Ghost a lot. Amen? Okay. So again, this is the law we're talking about. When he says faith has not nullified the law, faith has actually established it because what faith did is what you couldn't do in an old covenant, we can do in a new covenant. We can hear God. We don't need someone to go up the mountain for us. He came down and lived in us. Amen? Amen. For some of you, I think you want the fire and smoke to come down a mountain. Oh, I'm preaching. Because don't think in this dispensation people ain't ain't hungry. They 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 are so desiring old covenant manifestation. Oh, I just want to see the glory. That was old covenant manifestation. But we want it to happen here. Oh, I just want the smoke to fill the temple. That's old covenant manifestation. Oh, I wish God would just have a light. I wish I went by the church and there was like a fire. I mean, you don't need that stuff in this new covenant. Now, if it manifests, fine. But there's nothing greater than this still, small voice on the inside of me yes. telling me I'm the child of a king. Yes. And when he whispers to me in these intimate places, yes. I can attach my whole being to that. Yes. We do greater exploits if we quit trying to get at calling me legalistic. Come on. Come on. But then we want to wear the miracles, where you know, y'all work is, And then people aren't even in faith. Well, God's going to do what he does anyway. Well, if that's true, then why isn't everybody saved? Why are people going to the lake of fire? Man, I'm grieved in my spirit, man. And I've been struggling for a a little while now, honestly. Because, you know, I'm just, I got grief in me. Now, when I say that, it's not me personally. It's just the condition of the world yeah. and then also of the church yes. yeah. because of the uh, lack of knowledge and revelation. Yeah. I'll give you a homework assignment. I'll give it to you now because I'm going to have to quit. Um, you need to read Psalms 119. And I encourage you to do the Passion Translation. It's the greatest worship song I've ever heard in my life. It's a very, very daunting task we're in now because of the superficial and the soul connecting of God. No spiritual connection. Sight-driven instead of faith-driven. And I want to get us to another level as a church. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if everybody's going to go. I mean, I realize that. Not everybody goes. You know, so don't be that one. that don't go. Go. Let's go together. Let's obey. All right, Romans 9, 30 to 33. So what shall we say then? Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness even the righteousness which is by faith. So again, a group of people who didn't even have the law was able to attain right standing with God. How? Because whatever God was saying, they did. I mean, that's the key here. But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. They did not seek the one who spoke it. They wanted him to stay away. In fact, they told Moses, we don't even want to to hear him. You go and talk to him for us. That's why the grace message in its error is so appealing to people because, pastor, you go to him for us, and you're calling us legalistic. When that's real legalism. That's old covenant living. Pastor, you go and get that word because I'm under grace. I don't have to do anything. Because there's nothing I can do. Enough. I didn't do anything to get what I'm in, and I can't do anything to be where I'm at. Well, why is God even talking then? So you seek him, you deliver, and I'm going to go and live life, knowing when I die I go to heaven. We come guilty and under condemnation, because the word's trying to elevate you to obedience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we want to be in a cycle of for, fail and forgive. Yeah, right. Let's get out of it, right? right. Yeah. Okay, um, why? Because they did not pursue it by faith as though it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. You see what it was? That's very, I mean, I, I hope this is clear. Yes. God did speak it. Yes. It had power, but they didn't seek the voice Of what was written, the person. They like, just stay away from us. We'll do this without you. Well, you're not capable of doing His Word without Him. The minute you do, you do a work of His Word without Him, and that's faith without love. Faith through love. Working. It's an epidemic. I mean people are in churches they shouldn't even be a part of. <laughs> well I go to this church because it provides something for my children. I don't get anything out of it. But you know so you want your kids to be entertained while you die spiritually because you think the pastor has the ability to train up your child the way they should go so they don't depart from it. Yet, that's actually your responsibility. Yes. Yes. And so when your kids come out and be twice the son of hell, instead of going to a place that feds your spirit so you could be led by the spirit. Now, with that being said, we minister to your children to their spirit here. We definitely don't entertain their flesh. That's why not all teenagers come here. Because pizza's an idol. Man, you see how many people we had here? We brought a bunch of pizza in and brought them all in. Well, they led by the Spirit. Or did you give them God's Word and say, now you keep it by yourself? You don't need to hear the voice to keep it. Okay. Okay. Just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Sorry that things broke up there. Um, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. The reason you won't be disappointed is because you'll be pleasing to God if you'll believe in his word. Galatians 2, 16 to 20 says, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus... Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since we, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. But if, while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Meaning you, in this dispensation, can apply God's word without him and be found a sinner. Now, this is very important because I'm going to tell you where you do it the most. You love believes the best in a situation that love doesn't take into account the suffered wrong. And then can't, re- and because of that, or not that, You Love believes the best at the time that love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. So we continue to rejoice in a place because we have that word when God's actually saying, I'm not laughing. The reason why love has so many elements to it is because God is speaking to people on so, di- so many different levels. I mean, this is not like, that's the problem with working the law yourself. It's not a cookie-cutter response. God knows what's been going on with people. I mean, if you've been at Anchor Faith Church for more than you know, five or six years, and you have partnered with The Vision, gone through supportive ministry, been a part of some form of leadership and through the, um, you know, accountability that's associated with that and the meetings that come with that. You've gotten involved with uh, one of the Call Her Blessed book clubs and gone through more than one maybe. Or you're a gentleman and you've gone through the Mighty Men 318. You've uh, become a Kingdom Institute student and graduated. And if you expect me to apply love in your life, When you are walking in sin the same I would for a person who just first comes in the door, you are sadly mistaken. I am obligated by the king to minister to you at the level you attain to. So when you try to come at me and say, Well, how come you're letting that go? What about, well, how come you're not doing what you know? How come you're not living by faith? How come you're not putting your flesh down? How come I'm begging you to come to Knowledge Jr. and serve? Right, come on. It's true. I mean, everybody wants to grow to spiritual maturity. But you understand, when you get to a place, God doesn't tolerate certain things. That's right. How can Moses hit a rock twice? After all the mercy he's demonstrated and stood in the gap when God himself wanted to move in a different posture of wrath, which was love. And God says, you're not getting in. But going to let Joshua go. (laughs) May it never be. (laughs) Uh, Verse 19 For for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. Now, and the reason I brought this in, all that, because here's context. Now, here's verse 20. What did verse 20 say? I have been crucified so before Paul, which we use this scripture all the time, we all know, you know, Galatians 2.20, right? For I've been crucified with Christ. There's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I live now in this skin suit, the flesh. I live how? By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He loved me, why? Because he, he, through obedience, went to the cross and died for me. So the reason why I, Paul, who lived the law and according to the law, found blameless. But when I got around the voice and realized I was supposed to follow the voice of that law, when I heard the voice of the law speak to me on the road to Damascus, all of a sudden it upended everything I thought I knew about God and it made me change my position. And realize, I'll do whatever you say when you say it. So I got to die to self. Because don't think that I'm going to be like, I know enough about God's word that I don't need God around to do it. And there are many believers today that think they got enough of God's word around them that they are good going to heaven. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. I'm just saying they're not living to the full glory of what God wanted his church to express because we're not daily living by being led by the Spirit. Now, how are you being led by the Spirit? The Spirit is talking to you based upon what he hears. You see how it all ties together? All right. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, we'll try to close this down because I need to move into prayer. He said, what, then, what use is it, my brethren, talking to the church now, we're not talking to the lost, okay? You hear what I said? Yes. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? All right, so quit association the word work to old covenant. There's always been a work. It's called obedience. All God did through all of his dispensation was lay a word out so that man could obey it. And it even happened in the garden with Adam. I laid my word out so he could obey it. And again, obedience to God means that inevitably a choice is going to have to manifest that's why he gave him everything in the garden that was good and put one choice to do wrong because I want you to love me I want you to love me like I love you because God does not violate his own word Can faith save him? That's the question. If a brother or sister is without clothing, he gives a natural example, and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warm, and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Here it is, ready? Ready? Here's a tradition. Well, you know, I was going to do this for you, I was going to get, but you know, it's the fault that counts. A fault not acted on to demonstrate love is useless. Now, there are some faults you should never act on because <laughs> they're ungodly. You should take them captive and cast them down. But if there is a true brother in need, now, this is not a generic statement. You can't take this one statement. Again, this is where we fail. This is where you'll go back to the law. Oh, look what it says. If my brother's in need, I got to do it. Well, wait a minute. Why are they in need? There are conditions here. So there's other things we have to ask besides just taking one scripture and all of a sudden through that scripture decide, if I hear anybody's in need, I'm going to do that thing. Well, God may say don't do nothing for them. Because did the prodigal son have a need? Did the father go run him down when he found it? No. No. So there are some that God can say, I know they have a need and I appreciate. That's why you got to listen to him. This is the law of faith. Oh, dad, they don't have anything. Now, Lord, I know your word says that if my brother or sister has a need, I need to meet that need. And the Lord says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not the one to meet it, so don't do it. Or, uh, you know, uh, they've been in rebellion for so many years. Now, you're not going against the word. He's telling you how to apply because there's a whole lot of other scriptures I could show you that can cut you off from individuals. And love does that. Love gives people what they want. Don't look at me like that. I just refuse to be driven by law in the context that I'm working the law myself. So if somebody comes in here with a knee and tells me they're about to cut off their house and they're about to you know, evict them, I'm not going to allow myself to be emotionally moved by that because I don't live by the way I feel. My first inclination is I want to do something, but I'm constrained because I'm led by the Spirit. But what you'll do is you'll hear that so-and-so came by the church and asked for something, and we didn't give it to him. Without ever asking, I wonder what God was saying about that. But instead, ah, they don't do the word. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They don't care about people over there. They don't get nobody a second chance. Bro, if you're not here, 50 billion chances most likely have already happened. We've gone through a plethora of chances. A plethora. So you go ahead and pull that person right up here in front of the church, and let's have that conversation. Hallelujah, and some of y'all are like Amen to that because yes. you know that's a true statement. And the one who says "Go in peace," right? Okay, verse seventeen. Even so, if it has no works, uh, oh excuse me, uh, la 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 la. Yeah, verse seventeen. Even so, if it has no works, it's dead, being by itself. But someone may say, "Well, you have faith." Um, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Now, this is really important here because, again, context. You believe. That means you have faith. No one is questioning that faith has come. Faith comes by hearing. So faith is present, but that doesn't mean it's active. Right. Because we could do a funeral today and a body can be present. But they're dead. And we could honestly say so and so was at Anchor Faith Church today. Yeah. In a casket. Now, some will say, yeah, but it really wasn't him. It was a skin suit. And that was the name given to them on the in the earth. And so they were there specifically all in physical form. And that is not a lie. But without their spirit, it's dead. Which means you can have faith, hear God's word about it, but not be doing it based upon his voice specifically or not acting on the voice you just heard. He goes on and says, "Um, you believe that God is one. You do well. The demons believe. Also believe and shudder. Now, that's a sad indictment right there if you really let that soak in. In essence, what James says, I got a bunch of demonic faith among the brethren. They believe as much as demons do. Demons believe God, but they can't act on it. They know what God's word says, and they have to obey that. Now, meaning, obey in this point. No demon wants to leave a person. But if a child of God, full of authority, by being led by the Spirit, cast that demon out, It has to go. Now, the demon wasn't in faith. The demon was in response to the word of God because the demon can never believe God for anything. But it is required to follow whatever was said. And even demons know that God's real, but they can't exercise what they know about him. And there are people in the church that have demon faith. I mean, that's what the Bible says. (laughs) Right? I mean, now all you do is like, that is not me. And it's very easy for it not to be you. Be a doer of the word, right? Just be a doer of the word, no problem. All right, verse 20. He says, "Um, but are you... Okay, But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was well, not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? Now, why did he take Isaac in the first place? God, Daddy said it. I would submit to you that if he had actually acted on it completely, his son would have died. Because Abraham knew God said this, this is your covenant child. Now he tells me to sacrifice him. So in the course of taking him, he concluded that God must be able to raise the dead because how would he cancel out that word with this? So in essence, as he's going up the hill, he has convinced himself that God will raise my son up. But God never said or, or, or promised him a resurrection. Right. He never said it. You could conclude that that sounds right, and he put his entire trust that I will do what he says, but I'm convinced he has to be able to raise. Now, can God raise the dead? Absolutely. But did God promise Abraham that he would resurrect his son? Did he speak it? Never did. So when God says in the moment he's about to drive that knife down, if God had not, if when God says stop, if Abraham would have said, I refuse to listen to anything but God, then a ram would have been in a thicket and he would have said, but God raised him from the dead. And God says, I never had that for him. You're believing something I didn't say in this situation. My word was always for a ram. That's why you can't live by what you heard. You got to live by what you're hearing. And many of us have sacrificed... And we felt like we were close to God about something because, again, some of our first experiences with God was through a sacrifice. Instead of understanding something higher than sacrifices there, and it's called obedience. Aren't you glad Abraham listened, though? Amen. Aren't you glad that he was in tune? Although he had a thought and a belief system in him that Hebrews says, he believed, he was so convinced that What he was believing more than killing his son was that this is the covenant child. His faith resided and he can't really leave the earth. But I'll do whatever God says, even though it doesn't make sense to me. So he began to conclude God must be able to do something. And even though he can, that was never what God spoke to him. God had a different plan coming up the other side of the mountain at the same time. And many of us are missing what's coming up the other side of the mountain. Yes, because we live God's word according to how we want to live it. And if you live by the law, you'll die by the law. I live by faith. But faith is a law because faith is hearing God's word and then acting on it. Because my faith is not going to be dead. All right, let's conclude with this. Hallelujah. He goes on and says, where are we at? Verse 22, 22. You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled and says, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Don't you think James, who walked with the Lord as one of his own personal disciples, if he is, and he's Jewish, you understand, or he's of the nation of Israel, don't you think that if he understood this revelation of God's grace through faith, that here he is talking to the church? that we still do something if 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 doing something was legalism or yeah legalism right you're trying to put me under bondage how can i put you under bondage whatever jesus says freedom comes cause it's the truth That sets you free. How could I ever put you under bondage if I says the word says, the the Lord says? And if you act on that, then the power contained within that word will come to pass when you crucify your flesh and live by faith. He says, um, so he uses two. One, that's not even Old Testament. I mean, in the context of Old Covenant, neither one of them are actually in the law of Moses. So what's he doing? He's predating this whole context that, you know what? You don't live by what is written. We do live by what is written and what is spoken. We act on it. He says, verse 26, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Why? Because faith through love working causes things to come to pass. This is why it's so important for us to understand. And how does this all tie together? Because the greatest expression of God's love is obey him at his word. Well, the minute you obey him at his word, you heard it, which faith is activated. Faith comes by hearing. Faith shows up. And now you act on that word. Now, it ain't whether you're good enough to act on it. That's not the point. Although you've been made righteous and you are good enough, Right? But it's not you doing it, it's you doing what he said, and his saying is what does it, but it's not independent of you acting on trusting that what he says has got enough power in it. You can't take your work out. You can't take your part of the equation out. It says that Jesus worked with them, confirming the word. didn't say Jesus worked for them while they got to enjoy Watching him do everything. They got in some pretty rough spots that if what they said didn't manifest, they looked like a bunch of idiots, or they would die. But God. I said, "But God, was he the deliverer?" Because he acted with him. So with that being said, last passage, I close with this. Philippians 2:12 through16 says, "So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. But now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now this is not salvation to be born again by itself, you understand, God wants to deliver you out of all your trouble. So salvation is not a born again experience only. Salvation means to be saved from any problem you encounter. So how do you work it out? You go to God, you seek him about what to do, and then you say what he says. Say what he says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay? So you work it out with fear and trembling, right? Verse 13, four, it is God who is at work. Who's working in you? He's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So you understand the Holy Ghost in you is not there to make you feel good. He's not in you to make you feel good. To give you goosebumps. To make you want to pass out and get a vision, a dream. He's not in you to catch you up to the third heaven. He's not in you so that you can see angels. He's in you at work for these two things, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Without faith, it's impossible to... So he's in you... To work faith. And him in you is love because God is love. So faith through love, working. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Oh, my, my, my. Wait till we get to Wednesday. (laughs) So that you will prove yourself to be blameless. Wait a minute. I don't have to do nothing. Really? Must be some kind of amber alert. That's annoying in my service. Hallelujah. So, he says, do all things about so that you will prove yourself to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights to the world. Notice, if you'll let faith Through love working in your life, this is how the world will actually begin to see God. Not because we just feed them. Because the world can feed the poor, the world can build houses, the world can pay off mortgages. And people are in emotional awe and very thankful, yet God's not in any of it. God's only in it if God spoke it to be so, and we acted on it, and as a result of acting on it, then light will actually show up. You can't do something of God in and of yourself and expect God's light to show up. It only shows up when you do it in obedience to his word holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason. I will have reason. I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain or toil in vain. I think that's like my prayer to you. Is that you would allow love to work in you by faith, through faith. Believing God, seeking him. Wanting to raise to the highest so that at the end of my life I won't feel like I've laid my life down for a congregation in a community for no reason. Because God wants so much for you. Because he loved you so much he gave his son For the express purpose that you could be born of His Spirit and He could put His Spirit in you so love could manifest in you and you could hear the voice of love and act on it willingly. Wow. I am not going to neglect so great a salvation by staying disconnected to obey. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment, or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.